Welcome to the Messiah's Branch Broadcast, a one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Greetings, saints, and welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We're broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today. And today's date is October 26, 2023. The world is really in turmoil. If you haven't figured it out now, I don't know what to say. But it is the time before Messiah's glorious return. The time before his return, you get that. It's coming closer and closer, but we've got to go through a lot of tribulation. So if you haven't already, you really need to get out of sin. Get right. Get out of the world and look to the holy city. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. We've been telling you, Israel's a time clock. Israel would be a cup of trembling to the whole world. It is. Can't you see that? Did you not hear the sound of the shofar? You really need to heed the warning and get right now before it's too late because the clock is ticking. Please make the choice for Yeshua tonight. If you need help after the program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, leave your name, number, prayer request, and message. And the phone number is 620-878-4682. That's 620-878-4682. If you have an emergency and you need to speak with Dan, Call him on his phone. Text him. Let him know you're going to call him on his phone at 316-619-4886. 316-619-4886. You can always find the breaking news, updates about the Wichita Mission Church, the radio program archives, and all of our contact information on our ministry hub, which is prophecyhour.com. That is prophecyhour.com. Okay, folks, remember, we're a live radio program, which is simulcast live on the internationally. It's only some independent FM stations with four different MP3 streams, live audio, Twitch, DLive, Twitter, Rumble, Two, Phone Bridge, and it's even getting out there further than that. So it's picked up by practically every podcaster out there, all the ones that I've seen. And so, tune in. And let's take our listener base in places worldwide like Kingston, Canada, Hobart, Australia, Birmingham, United Kingdom, and then in the USA, we have Gary, Indiana, Lubbock, Texas. Lukenbach. No, it's Lubbock. Oh, Lubbock? It's it's not Lukenbach, Texas. Where where Whaley and Willie and the boys are at. Well, we're not in Lubbock. That's where it is. Yeah, okay, but it's Lubbock. Okay. Texas. Well, I thought it was on to something there for a minute. Yeah. Darn it. Okay. Okay. Hutchinson, Kansas was the last, the largest group of listeners. No, Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin was the largest group of listeners last week that listened to it when it podcasts. And the podcast is branch.automatic.com. That's branch.automatic.com. Moving right along. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua Hamashiach's name I pray. Father, I pray radio tonight goes according to your will, not our will, Father. And please give everyone out there ears and wish to hear and understand the truth. So please, Father Yahweh, in your son Yeshua Hamashiach's mighty name, bless this program tonight. Amen and amen. Well, folks, Yahweh is in control of everything. You better pray that it is because we've entered into a completely new world a new thing with this, with the thing that's going on in Israel. It, we said it's a time clock. So put your trust in Him. And this is such a beautiful song, this says it all. Let's hear the song. As I try to figure out what this world is all about, I know one thing without a
nations on every hand, false messiahs throughout the land. But here's one thing I know will stand, my Lord is in control. Signs and wonders are in the skies, disease and famine. Okay, we're back. This is Pastor Dan and Linda Catlin. And you're listening to Science Branch Prophecy Hour and the American Voice Radio Network. Well, folks, as we said, you know, I know our program is about the end times, and we've been warning you for a very long time. I mean, come on, you know, Noah, uh, my name ain't Noah, but Noah warned people for a hundred years it took him to build the ark, and the prophets have warned of these times many thousands of years ago to warn the people. So Father has given ample time, but he told him of the t- told us of the times and the seasons that we would be getting in, and those times and seasons are here. You have to understand that this whole Bi- the whole Bible is about one thing. It's about Yahweh and Israel and his chosen people and getting them right. Yeah, they have to accept the Messiah before they're saved. You know, they've got to, before they're each going to intercede, they're going to have to cry out for Messiah to help them. You know, that's what it's going to be boiled down to. That's in in order to be saved, just as everybody else, it has to come to the exception of Messiah. Carl Gallup explained that last week on radio. But there are certain things that's going to happen. We we have to use that for our time clock and to watch. The world would be a cup of trembling when the end time came, and it would be Jerusalem would cause that cup of trembling. So while we're going to get into some things, and, you know, it's really heavy things, very serious program, I I want you, if you want to help us, one of the major ways that you can help us is, you know, of course we save money and all that, but that isn't what I'm talking about. One of the ways that you can help us is get the word out. How can you get the word out? You know as well as I do that when you go over and listen at branch.podomatic.com, there's a button, there's buttons over there to share it to Facebook buttons over there to share it here and there in all the different places. So share our radio programs. Like them and share them just like you do everything else. If you're going to listen to the radio please share the radio. Help us get the word out. The more people that listen, yeah, we'll get more support because we have to pay for airtime and electricity and internet. We have to pay for everything. We're not tax exempt. We're not a 5013C. We're under God not the government. Right. Amen. And does that mean you can't get a tax deduction? No. no. Yeah. You, that means you can. You just have to uh, send a. We send you a thank you note, or you just uh, send a canceled check and take it off your taxes. It works. Right. I know Churches are tax exempt automatically. They just wanted all the other stuff when. Yeah. That guy you talk about, Johnson yeah. guy. Yeah. Johnson yeah. guy. Yeah, the Johnson Amendment. Yeah, and but you know, it, actually, what the IRS says is is. Churches are non-tax accessible. Right. That's there's only two entities that are non-tax accessible in the United States of America. One of them is a church, the other one is the United States government. They're non-tax accessible, and that's what Messiah's branch is non-tax accessible. Um, but you know, I really don't care about all that, and I don't really care about the taxes and all that. We just need your support to stay on the air. Apparently. Um, you know, I just want you to know that you can get a tax deduction if that's what you need. Right, so right. That doesn't stop you from donating and helping the poor. Right, amen. And I agree with her 100%. It's just that, you know, I'm I'm really not trying to... It's just my heart is so burdened. I, I really don't, you know, I want, I want people to help. I want to stay on the air because, you know, it was put on my heart to do this radio program and to warn the people. 
and prayerfully that'll lead them to salvation and get a closer walk with Yahweh because that's what everything's all about. Whether it's a mission church or whether you know it's it, it's what we do in our life. That's what we're called to do. You know, we're called to go out and spread the gospel to the, to the good news to all the world, but we're also called to be. And technically, God made it where the church is supposed to take care of the people, not the government. The church, the church is supposed to take care of the people. You hear that? They just don't because they want bigger buildings and better cars and airplanes instead of it. Okay, well, and, and that's with a lot of churches, you know. We don't notice we don't say all, but listen to this. You know, I'm 68 years old, and when I was young, see, I can remember back when I was young, and our and we had a poor family. My dad got hurt. And my mom raised four children by herself and helped. So where did the help come from? That church, I remember. My mom used to get help with rent, utilities, food, all that. But they don't, Okay. not many churches do that anymore. Yeah, and that's the same with my mom. She got help from them and from relatives, you know. Families were closer then. Right, relatives. And and she came from a family of 12. In fact, the... she used to, in the summertime, they used to give her a break because she had four kids. That one aunt used to, that's how I learned how to ride a horse. One aunt would take two children at a time for a month right. um, in the summertime to give her a break. And then when two kids would come back, she'd take the other two kids. And, you know, so we all got some time. But I got to learn how to ride a horse, and I thought cowboys were neat and everything. That's basically the same thing we did. We was a family of ten kids, and my grandma took two every summer. But we got to stay for the summer. <laughs> well, right. Well, there was four kids, and so they was wanting to give everybody a chance. And and it seemed like the summers were a lot longer back then. They went for a long time. Now they're over in like a week. It seems like. <laughs> yeah. Amen and amen. And and so, folks, and and then it, you know, as far as feeding the people, you know, we, we you don't a lot of people don't realize what kind of risk we're under because you know while we're feeding the homeless and poor, we're doing one of the worst parts of town, <clears throat> and there's a lot of violent people there. That if things don't go their way, they get really mad and upset and everything. So we really are even at risk in doing what we do. You wouldn't believe it, but we're called to do what we do, so we we do it. We are putting ourselves at risk to do that. I don't mind the Father told us to do this, but here's the point. We are doing the Father's work, and we need your support. Okay. Um, Yeah, like um, there was a confrontation over plates. Somebody didn't get two plates in there. Because they ask the question, how many plates do you need? And so we know how many plates they need, and they're allowed to get two if they have somebody that can't come and get plates. But the rule's always been, if you need a plate, come and get the plate. But if you have a legitimate person, like a disabled person, and they and these guys are good about judging who is, gets what, but somebody got mad because they couldn't get... He was with his wife, and two. they both wanted two plates. That would have been four plates for two people. That's not fair. Right, right. But and there's another reason we ask the question. See, we could just give them the place they say without asking them the question, but it's like this. If they lie, the Word of God says that no liars will get into heaven. Right. Okay? And so it's our obligation. See, here's why a biggest reason why we ask. It is our obligation to um, warn people. I just said right. that. So if we ask, if we don't warn them or we don't ask, um, then it's on us. But if we ask them, you know, even if they're imaginary people, who are you getting for? Is it, are they sick or disabled? And they say, yeah, they're sick or disabled. Well, that takes the burden off of us with Yahweh. Right, and that's between them and the Lord. <clears throat> and so in this case scenario, somebody overheard us asking somebody, and they got mad, not the people that was asked. Oh, <clears throat> and but they did. It ended up into almost a violent confrontation where there was a, a couple, three people that were legitimate people there held the guy back and stopped it before he could get into a fight. But you know, so it, it is a dangerous thing that we're doing. It's Especially not just, now, Dan, age where they just pull a gun and shoot you. Okay, but it, so what I want you to know, folks, is it's not what we do is not easy. There's lots of other things that we could do that isn't so dangerous. So it's dangerous and. With all these weird people, you know of all the shootings and things going on all over. So um, it is dangerous what we do. I'm not, you know, okay. Also, you know, um, we're sitting here warning you with things. And one of the things that we've had to be warning to the United States turning into a police state, you know, um, 
That's not exactly, you know, the easiest thing to do, especially with being censored and everything. And if you get too popular, maybe the FBI knocking on your door. So, you know, there's that. So pray about supporting the work that we do. It's not easy, and we're doing it for you. We're doing it because we're doing the right thing. You should be warning the people also. You don't have to necessarily warn them about the government, but warn them about the time that we're in, that Yeshua is coming. Use your Bible. Tell them that Yeshua is coming and tell them their salvation needs to be done. If you can't do that, then I suggest you support the people that do do it. That is really, really highly important for you, especially right now here at this time. Yeah, and it's not Hollywood. That Bible's coming to life right before your eyes. You just got to pay attention. Yeah, it, yeah it's it, not Hollywood it, or anything. It's, it is coming to it's jumping out of that book. Yeah, amen. Yeah, there was there was one, I, I think the End Times or something like that called it was a haunt Hollywood, kind of like satire of uh, the End Time and the rapture happening, and it was showing how, but it was showing how people, if they did a good deed, then zap, they'd be taken up and everything. They had some major actors in it, but it, it's not that. Like she said, it's not Hollywood, it's not fun and games, and you can't just say, oh, I'm going to do something good and go to heaven, because it isn't about doing something good. It's about honest repentance and turning away from sin and following Yeshua and, you know, accepting And some of them it. words in that Bible are for tit for tat, word for word, just like one you pointed out to me the other day. You said something about the people will cry, not enough room, not enough room, not enough space for us. Guess what they're doing? Yeah, Israel's a little tiny narrow strip, and Carl Gallup's pointed that out last week. It's a little tiny strip, and they're all saying, well, there's not enough room for us. There's not enough, exactly, and... and it's tit for tat for that. Exactly what the scripture said. They'd be yelling. They're yelling. Yeah, and they're yelling. And it would be when, though. They would be yelling it when the land was that way, when they came back to the land. And also, uh, <clears throat> But anyway, so moving right along. Um, the other thing that you need to realize is that it's going to get really bad inside the United States. We are... Uh, just about to go to war with the Hamas and all those things. And look so, around you. They're going to come from within. They are in our country ready to attack us. That's yeah, what we'll, all the illegals are about. Most of those that came in were military-aged men. It's going to come. It's going to happen. Right. And, they, and the thing called Hezbollah, which we'll go into in the second part of the program, um, have been in here even as a political party and things for many years and even have training camps and all that in here. And then there's also these illegal ones coming in. So their army is inside the United States. Tell them how they can donate. You can donate online by Cash App or over the phone or by mailing a check or money order. You can find all the information at prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. If you don't want to help with the poor, then consider a radio donation for airtime because it's not free and it's what keeps us on the air. Yeah, amen. And it's so it's very simple to donate. Um, pray about keeping us on the air. It's it's really that. And what's really funny, you know, is people say, "Well, you're feeding the homeless and poor. You know, you guys are rich, and you act like we've got uh, money." You know, um, we're the poorest of the poor. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't I count how many times that. we've went with no money, no gas, nothing to feed, and then we get there and it's there. Yeah, amen. Borrowing money and, and doing different yeah. things, all to do, to do the ministry to keep it going, which is, is fine with me. Or borrowing but, money to help somebody. I did that plenty. Yeah, amen, amen. And so, and I'm not trying to, to flash in front of you what you do, but we're not rich. People, well, you're on radio, then you must have a lot of money. You know, well, no, we're not. We barely make it. In fact, um, the mission church, uh, lease to own comes from my, um, Social Security check. That's how we pay on the building, and we pay for radio airtime currently right now from about the same one. You know, uh, no, 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 that's it, come, from, it comes from no, that comes from a donation. We have one ministry that helps us every every month, and if it wasn't for that ministry, yeah, woohoo, yeah. Anyway, and God bless that ministry, Lord. Okay, and I want to tell you folks that uh, the second radio program that I'm going to do today will be with um, Stan Johnson. He is the founder of the Prophecy Club, and he's got a warning. He's got a warning um, about what's going on, and he's got some other very important information that he wants to share. And so he'll be on in my program that we do at 7 p.m. Central. That'll be 5 p.m. Pacific, but 7 p.m. Central. And so Stan will be on with me today, and I've known Stan for. 
since about 94, 95, something like that. And uh, so he's a good friend, and he just got back from Honduras where, you know, he was t- talking about how faithful the, the people are in Honduras. He says, man, they don't walk out for the sermon's done or nothing like that. They stay and hear every word of it with sweat pouring down them. You can't keep dry over there. The the church buildings are not even complete. They have a couple of walls, and they have walls made out of bricks with no mortar and with tin roofs and things. The pastor doesn't take any money from the church if a donation comes. He sells burritos by the side of the road in order to be able to preach to the people. And so, you know, he came away with a whole different look about the poor. And he's ready to build churches over there. And, I, and I, I'm with him totally, but uh, amen and amen. So he's got a good message for you, and that'll be later on today. It'll be at 7 p.m. Central. So make sure you tune in. And, folks, like I said, share these radio programs around. That'll help us greatly. But also... Donate. Thanksgiving's coming. Um, we do, we'll need some help for Thanksgiving. I'm not sure. Wow. Um, last year was, what, 153? I don't know. I shut down you and Larry started, but I think it was 151. 151 people, which was our biggest Thanksgiving ever. But you're doing more than that just on normal the pe- days. Normal my, days. My, my number now is 153. But in one the, day and three hours. And me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you. But you have a. You always have. And Daniela helps in the. Yeah, you have a. She has a helper. They don't do the cooking, but they help like butter bread or maybe my sister will come and do some dishes and and a couple of things. So she does have a little help to do those duties, but she does all the cooking herself, and she gets it done in just a very very short period of time. Okay, well we're going to go to break a little bit early. Tell them where they can find us at. We'll come back from break and we'll get into the heavy stuff. Okay, you can find all of our contact information and our radio program archives. Mission updates is at prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. We'll be back in four minutes. Pastor Dan will be right back. In this time of the social and spiritual breakdown of America and the world, in these prophetic end times, God is calling multitudes of Christians to the Ozarks and other safe havens around the world to survive so they can spread the gospel. The Ark Haven Intentional Neighbors Vision is to prepare Christians physically, mentally, and spiritually for these end times. Thousands are coming to the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas and Missouri, where even the CIA says it's one of the safest places on earth. The Intentional Neighbors concept allows Christian neighbors to own adjacent land to each other so they can aid and help each other. The community is exploding with nurses, a doctor, and other professionals as well as many others. If you cannot afford to buy a house, you can rent a house. Call 479-502-1789. That's 479-502-1789. Or visit arkhaven.org. That's arkhaven.org. Tell the Pastor Dan sent you. In Genesis 41, tells the story of Pharaoh having a dream of seven fat ears of corn, followed by seven blasted ones. Meaning, there's seven years of plenty, and then there was seven years of famine following. We are now in seven years of famine once again, starting September 25th of 2021. Joseph's Kitchen is about getting actual wheat berries, putting them through a meal, takes 30 seconds, putting it along with the ingredients into a bread machine, pushing a button. Two hours, 20 minutes later, you have a nice steaming hot loaf of whole wheat bread. Most long-term storage food is from nine to $10,000, one person, one year. At Joseph's Kitchen, it's two people, one year, about $2,000. Then you decide whether you want to have food for one person one year, two people one year, four people one year, or six people one year, all at josephskitchen.com. That's right, about $1,000 per person per year at josephskitchen.com. josephskitchen.com.
Okay, folks, we're back. This is Pastor Dan and Linda Catlin. Was you here? Was that a train going by? And it's Pastor Dan and Linda Catlin. You're listening to Messiah's Branch Prophecy on American Voice Radio Network. Okay, folks, and I don't know what we heard a noise, and it's either the dogs next door or something that is totally irrelevant. Anyway, moving right along, um, I think we really need to. Um, we're going to play an audio, and it comes from PragerU. And this will make an explanation to a lot of people that don't understand why there isn't a Palestinian state. Because, well, you know, Israel has just kept them in a prison. No, they haven't. That's that's a bold-faced lie. So we're going to play this audio, and then we're going to get into some really heavy stuff. Go on with the audio, please. If Israel just allowed the Palestinians to have a state of their own, there would be peace in the Middle East, Right. That's what you hear from UN ambassadors, European diplomats, and most college professors. But what if I told you that Israel has already offered the Palestinians a state of their own, and not just once, but on five separate occasions? Don't believe me? Let's review the record. After the breakup of the Ottoman Empire following World War I, Britain took control of most of the Middle East, including the area that constitutes modern Israel. Seventeen years later, in 1936, the Arabs rebelled against the British and against their Jewish neighbors. The British formed a task force, the Peel Commission, to study the cause of the rebellion. The commission concluded that the reason for the violence was that two peoples, Jews and Arabs, wanted to govern the same land. The answer, the Peel Commission concluded, would be to create two independent states, one for the Jews and one for the Arabs, a two-state solution. The suggested split was heavily in favor of the Arabs. The British offered them 80% of the disputed territory, the Jews the remaining 20%. Yet, despite the tiny size of their proposed state, the Jews voted to accept this offer. But the Arabs rejected it and resumed their violent rebellion. Rejection number one. Ten years later, in 1947, the British asked the United Nations to find a new solution to the continuing tensions. Like the Peel Commission, the UN decided that the best way to resolve the conflict was to divide the land. In November 1947, the UN voted to create two states. Again, the Jews accepted the offer, and again, the Arabs rejected it. Only this time, they did so by launching an all-out war. Rejection number two. Jordan, Egypt, Iraq, Lebanon, and Syria joined the conflict, but they failed. Israel won the war and got on with the business of building a new nation. Most of the land set aside by the UN for an Arab state, the West Bank and East Jerusalem, became occupied territory, occupied not by Israel, but by Jordan. Twenty years later, in 1967, the Arabs, led this time by Egypt and joined by Syria and Jordan, once again sought to destroy the Jewish state. The 1967 conflict, known as the Six-Day War, ended in a stunning victory for Israel. Jerusalem and the West Bank, as well as the area known as the Gaza Strip, fell into Israel's hands. The government split over what to do with this new territory. Half wanted to return the West Bank to Jordan and Gaza to Egypt in exchange for peace. The other half wanted to give it to the region's Arabs, who had begun referring to themselves as the Palestinians in the hope that they would ultimately build their own state there. Neither initiative got very far. A few months later, the Arab League met in Sudan and issued its infamous three no's. No peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel, no negotiations with Israel. Again, a two-state solution was dismissed by the Arabs, making this rejection number three. In 2000, Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak met at Camp David with Palestinian Liberation Organization Chairman Yasser Arafat to conclude a new two-state plan. Barak offered Arafat a Palestinian state in all of Gaza and 94% of the West Bank, with East Jerusalem as its capital. But the Palestinian leader rejected the offer. In the words of U.S. President Bill Clinton, Arafat was here 14 days and said no to everything. Instead, the Palestinians launched a bloody wave of suicide bombings that killed over 1,000 Israelis and maimed thousands more on buses, in wedding halls, 
and in pizza parlors. Rejection number four. In 2008, Israel tried yet again. Prime Minister Ehud Olmert went even further than Ehud Barak had, expanding the peace offer to include additional land to sweeten the deal. Like his predecessor, the new Palestinian leader, Mahmoud Abbas, turned the deal down. Rejection number five. In between these last two Israeli offers, Israel unilaterally left Gaza, giving the Palestinians complete control there. Instead of developing this territory for the good of its citizens, the Palestinians turned Gaza into a terrorist base from which they have fired thousands of rockets into Israel. Each time Israel has agreed to a Palestinian state, the Palestinians have rejected the offer, often violently. So if you're interested in peace in the Middle East, Maybe the answer is not to pressure Israel to make yet another offer of a state to the Palestinians. Maybe the answer is to pressure the Palestinians to finally accept the existence of a Jewish state. I'm David Brog, Executive Director of the Maccabee Task Force for Prager University. Okay. All right. So, folks, there's the history. Israel has been trying. It's not. And so they turned it into, they turned Gaza into it terrorist state where they launch bombings all the time in Israel and so what are you going to do now they come in and slaughter the people and cut off babies heads and so on and so forth which is no myth they've released the videos all over news agencies have seen them and everything and so it's true but here's what's going to happen there's a thing called Hezbollah and Hezbollah exists inside the United States it's funded by Iran and other nations but it is also a terrorist organization in fact it has been proven in a court of law but uh you know, read this part right here. Hezbollah will attack on American soil if the U.S. enters Israel war, a retired colonel. A retired colonel stated that. Go okay, ahead. The party of Yahweh. No, uh, or, no, no it's not no, Yahweh. Yahweh. Okay. Allah. Party okay. of Allah. Allah. Okay. And Allah and Yahweh are not the same. Okay, so the party of God. Hezbollah, or the party of Allah, is one of the most important Islamic movements in the Middle East. Based in Lebanon, it has a powerful military wing which is the focus of current concern but it also runs a political party that wields, uh, wields decisive influence TV stations and an extensive network of welfare services including clinics and schools its sprawling business uh, interests uh, both licit and illicit brings in hundreds of millions of dollars okay stop now in the United Nations today the, 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 uh, Israel or er, um, Iran threatened the United States and said Hezbollah will attack if this isn't stopped. It will attack the United States if it is not stopped what's going on in Gaza about us giving arms and munitions and money to Israel. If we don't stop funding them, then um, Hezbollah is going to attack us. Hezbollah exists within the United States of America. Plus, we have all the illegals that came over that are part of Hezbollah. Now, so this is going on. Now, go ahead. Okay. Hezbollah has been active inside the United States for decades, engaging in a range of activities that include fundraising and money laundering. Hezbollah runs charities such as the Mahdi Scouts, the uh, Shia Schools, and the Martyrs Foundation are entities that supply charitable funds to the families of Hezbollah fighters and are an extension of Hezbollah into the community. The Martyrs Foundation operates in different countries under different uh, auspices, and in the United States, its satellite was controlled by the Goodwill Charity Organizations based in Dearborn and responsible for funneling contributions from members and supporters directly to Hezbollah's leaders in Lebanon. Stop. Uh, and people know goodwill charitable organization. You know, that's not the goodwill that's run by the vets, but it's a goodwill, and that's Dearborn, Michigan, which is predominantly um, almost a Muslim country, country in itself. Okay, okay. Hezbollah operate, also operates a fast fraud network, which is uh, which over time has included operatives in, the, in at least 10 states, including Michigan, California, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Missouri, New York, North Carolina, and West Virginia. It has also established businesses in the United States, including a perfume distribution company that has uh, served as front organizations that help to launder money for the Shia terror or, uh, group. 
The Hezbollah office official warns U.S. Israel that fight, fighting may spread. Hashim Safiyad al-Din, head of the Hezbollah's executive council, holds a press conference today in which he gives a message to the U.S. and Israel saying that their violations of the Islamic holy places and crossing of the lines have led to Hamas al-Jihadi-Jidluj terror, terror operations. The whole Islamic nation will join the deluge if they persist in their foolishness, he says. Okay, um, let's go on now. Um, these people are are people in the United States. They've even been designated, and their different politicians have pointed out whether they're a terrorist organization and stuff. But all of the the stuff against them was shut down during Obama. There was court cases that they actually took these people to court and said, "Yeah, they're a terrorist organization." But Obama changed all that and backed backed them up. You know, so they are existing as an entity with the United States that raises money to give to the fighters, in other words, to give to the terrorists that do the fighting. And Hezbollah right now has already been attacking Israel from Lebanon, and Israel has been fighting back against it. There's already been, um, by other people that are backing the Palestinians, there's been 19 times they've attacked the U.S. warships already in the Gulf. So if you think that we're not in the war, we're already in the war. 19 times our ships have been attacked that are in either the Red Sea or the or Mediterranean Sea. So this is already going on. The whole world is worried about this. Okay. You think, so you think, well, what is the ideology? You know, you got to understand that in Gaza, the generations that have been run there have been brainwashed and told to do one thing, to kill Jews. We have reports of, of people, of one, like one, uh, one terrorist, uh, calling his mom on the phone. Mom, mom, I'm so excited. I just killed 10 Jews with my bare hands. Called his mother because she'd be proud of him. Mother say, we, the biggest thing that we can do is we can only hope that one day our sons will die as being martyrs killing the Jews. They hate him. So is there any proof of this? Listen to this. Go ahead. I okay, Tel Aviv. As Hamas terrorists carried out a highly choreographed massacre in Israel on October 7th, they received a source of support that amplified the horror that took place that day. A mob of ordinary Palestinians spontaneously joined in what became the deadliest program against Jews since the Holocaust, according to videos, eyewitness accounts, and the Israel Defense Forces. Whereas the Hamas terrorists wore uniforms and carried military-grade weapons, the Gazans, who followed them in the Jewish state, were dressed as civilians and most, mostly unarmed, two officials from Israel's devastated Gaza border region said. Stop. I'm going to stop her before she says that. Okay, so what we have here, I'm going to explain it as we go. What we have is, first the army came in, but behind the army, mobs of civilian Gazans, Followed him in, and we're going to tell you what they were doing. You could tell the difference between them. Let's go on. Young men with knives, overweight dads, and at least one elderly man on crutches were among those who exploited Hamas' rampage to create a second wave of carnage that reviled the barbarism, barbarism, barbarism. Yeah, of the professional terrorists. The IDF declined to provide details about the non-Hamas Gazans, Involvement in the October 7th attack, but IDF spokesman Jonathan Korinkas confirmed to the Washington Free Beacon that large numbers of Gazans who were not members of any terrorist group entered Israel and participated in the atrocities. They did what that you say they did, Contreras said. The extent to which the Gazans took public took part in the Hamas campaign of terror has yet to be fully understood even in Israel but for the communities near Israel Israel's Gaza border home to many of the country's remaining uh, peacenips like the hippies peacenips okay first hand knowledge of what their Palestinian neighbors did has already hardened into a new consensus, consensus. coexistence is dead and Gaza must be crushed stop uh, a couple of comments. So, let's read. This is the heart of the terrorist. Let's go with this. You think that these people won't follow the Antichrist and this won't be the Antichrist 
army. What does the Antichrist do? He hates Jews and he hates Christians. What do, what do any Islam? Islam hates Jews and hates Christians. This is an example of what they will do. Let's go on. The second wave of Arabs who came into the country were just as cruel as the terrorists of the, terrorists of the first wave. Gadia Yarkunani, the mayor of Eshkol Region Council, which encompasses most of Gaza border communities, told the Free Beacon. We saw that it was not only Hamas who came in to slaughter us. It was all of the residents of Gaza, including people who worked in our kibbutz. 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 They they call it the kibbutz or kibbutz. Anyway, the kibbutz. In other words, they're communities. Okay. I hear what you say, and I have uh, changed, Yakovin said. I don't talk like you. I don't know what's going on with our hostages and missing people. Their families are crying out, and the people of Gaza who we once thought were good are responsible. It's not just Hamas and Islamic Jihad. Uh, Ordinary people from Gaza took our citizens. Okay, let's go with that, and and don't repeat it if you run into where I wrote it, but if you took a hostage, if you came in and you took a hostage back to Gaza, you were rewarded $10,000 and an apartment. If you came, and so these people, so it was regular citizens. You get that, people? Regular citizens coming in doing this uh, atrocities. Let's go on. I demand that the State of Israel and the IDF finish this mission, he said. Finish it this time so that we can live in peace. Rockefeller, who survived October 7th in the safe room of his house in, Ka- the kibbutz. Ka- in a kibbutz, Naram, estimated that 3,000 Gazans were involved in the attack, about half of them citizens. The IDF has put the total number of terrorists at 20, uh, 2,500 to 3,500, but declined to specify whether that figure includes non homeless members. Right. Well, in other words, which one were regular citizens and which ones were the the army, so to speak. Speaking with the free bacon, Yarkona referred to gruesome footage and survi- survivor testimonies that have been made not public. Made. That, that have, have not been. been made public. I saw a scene where a Gazan civilian chopped off a man's head. It took him several attempts to de- detach the head of the body. He From said, the body. I've seen that and it was with a hoe. Okay, stop a second. A Gazan civilian. That's yeah. what we're talking he about here. He was wearing here. a T-shirt. And yeah, and it, nice yeah it wasn't an army person. No, it, it was, was a T-shirt. Civilian. So see, here's this hatred, you know, and and these people that came across the border, they had given, they had brought these these same people that you said, well, Israel only keeps them as a police state. They give thousands and thousands and thousands of work visas. These people come over and work in Israel, and they cross the border every day. They have a big border crossing and everything. It's not like a prison. And they knew these people. That's what was a big deal is these people, they they said that. They knew our names. They knew who we are. They knew whether we had dogs, cats, blah, 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 blah. They knew all these things. Why? Because it's the same people that came, they befriended that came over and they gave them charity and everything else and helped them out and gave them jobs. Let's go on. Okay. According to the video that was posted online, Gossens used a bulldozer to tear down a section of Israeli's border fence and hundreds of unarmed men and boys wearing T-shirts, baseball caps, sneakers, and flip-flops crossed into the country. They came mostly on foot, but also by bicycle, scooter, and motorcycles. Someone appears... To have brought a donkey. Another, an uh, other online videos show ordinary Gazans selfies. Huh? Other odd, ordinary Gazans taking selfies. Right, I didn't get oh, to that. Oh, oh you, you did. jumped I'm ahead sorry. of me. Yeah. Other online videos showed ordinary ordinary Gazans taking selfies on and around Israeli tanks and ransacking a military base on the border. All the walls. Cries of Allah Akbar no, range out, rang out. Allah, that's Allah Akbar. Um, go on. Meanwhile, in the streets of Gaza, crowds greeted and re- the returning kidnappers as conquering heroes on online video shows. Some Gazans taunted the Israeli hostages and defiled the dead as they were paraded through the streets. Raza Cohen, a 24-year-old former Israeli commando, saw both Hamas terrorists and ordinary Gazans killed and raped, revealers 
at the Nova Music Festival in Remy, where at least 260 people were slaughtered. Okay, that was a peace festival. It was a peace thing to bring peace where? With Gaza. You know, they're saying, oh, they're crying for peace like the hippies did. That's what they call them, peace net. They're all having a, a thing to be buddies and friends with the Gazans, and they came in and slaughtered them. And it was not just the troops. It was ordinary citizens. There's the point that we're getting at today. This is the hatred that's over there. So why should, so should Israel deal with them? Come on, five times. You guys heard it a while ago. That's actual history. You can like it or not like it. Um, yeah, and uh, he says there's a, they have an office of its own at the State Department. In fact, Hezbollah has, an, has a seat in the United Nations. They're terrorists. But here's the point. Five times. Five times. And there's been other proposals, but five times they offered him a state. Every time they took him down. Every time they offered him more state. Every time. Why? Because they do not want to, the existence of Israel must not be. They want a jihad. They want to kill everybody. They want Genocide. no Israel. And that's what your Bible says. Israel is your time clock. Look, folks, Iran in the United Nations today are threatening to also enter the war and everything. They're calling on other Islamic nations to line up for Ezekiel 30, 37, well, 37, but 38 and 39 is lining up. Turkey is siding with the Palestinians. That may even be the place where the Antichrist comes from. We just don't know for sure. But the point is, folks, is things have changed. And these people, people that think like this are in the United States. This could happen. It would be here. People are warning. People that know. A retired colonel said it. These people are talking about in the United States. Okay, and we're okay, talking it, back it, about that mayor. Yeah, it looked like it looked the part where he hid in the bushes with his friends for seven hours. Oh, what yeah. happened? Okay. After escaping the Hamas terraces, Cohen hid in the bush with a group of his friends for almost seven hours. He watched as a gang of uh, Gazan civilians, men wearing all these ideas, desert tennis shoes, and armed with only knives and axes, raped and murdered a young Jewish woman. Wow. While they were raping and killing, they also they were also laughing. I can't forget how they laughed, Cohen told the Free Beacon. Several members of the Cohen's group later ran from the bush and were caught by the same gang of Gazans, he said, and he heard his friends scream, and they were tortured and stabbed to death. All right. Um, go right here. But it was their numbers and their evil, that's all. You unleash a lot of people and say, do what you want and have fun. Enjoy the murder. And it's also loot. Oh, so they were taking everything, too. Yeah. And their complete cooperation between the two groups, Muir said, with Thomas doing most of the fighting and the ordinary Gazans focused on looting and kidnapping. The civilians uh, went into houses and turned them upside down. They took phones, computers, jewelry, whatever they could find. He could recall from what I know, they took almost uh, they took most of the hostages. Rewards for the hostages were ten thousand dollars in an apartment. Okay, that's all we got time for. Folks, you need to pray. We always tell you, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We say that every week. Why do we say that? Well, the Bible tells us to say it. But why should you pray for it? Because there's not going to be any world peace, any peace, whether it's Jerusalem or anywhere else, until this is settled. It's only going to be finally settled by Yeshua HaMashiach. But let me tell you, the Bible, you all talk about the tribulation. But let me think about it. You guys are always, when you say the tribulation, well, in America or whatever. Well, it is coming to America, but let's see what the, what the real name for it is. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble. Jacob. Who's Jacob? Jacob is Israel. The time of Jacob's trouble. You think this isn't the time of Jacob's trouble? This is. And this is, is here. The world has changed. Could it be a birth time? Will things calm down a little? It could. It could. Because between birth pains, but you know what happens? Birth pains, you hit real hard, and then it softens, and then it comes back. It stops, and it gets hard until it's just a, until the baby comes out. But the point of the matter is, is you need to warn each other. You need to get your spiritual house let hold in order, and you need to warn. 
you need to warn your loved ones. You, and this is from the bottom of my heart. You need to warn your loved ones. You need to make sure that they know that you need to get right because that's just, that's it. It's what you need to do. Pray about supporting the work that you Tell them one more time how they can donate. You can donate online by Cash App, over the phone, by mailing a check or money order, and you can find all the information at prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. And if you don't wish to help us for against, consider a donation for Radio Arrow Time. Is that's what keeps us on the air. That's what keeps the lights on and electricity. You know, it hours and hours and hours of research goes into this, and hours of, of finding ways to feed and care for the poor. That's what it's all about. So we're trying to do Yeshua Hamashiach's work. Pray about supporting what we do. And I know, but first I want you to make sure your own households are taken care of and your loved ones taken care of. Because charity starts first in the home and with your own loved ones before you give it away to anybody else. So you need to do that. You really, really do. But then if there's a crumb left over, we appreciate it if you could do it. But remember, folks, there is only one true God. Who is he? He is your father. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repentant sins, and he rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is the way to the Father. And remember, always be a blessing to others, and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, because when you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you're praying for Messiah's return. And keep your eyes on Israel. It is coming alive. Yeah, amen and amen. And, hey, they're streaming across our border. Consider it. What happened in Israel could happen here. That's why we told you about how gruesome these people are. Don't be fooled by the regular news media. And for the record, we did get a new House speaker, and the Democrats are in an uproar against it. If you only want to know what how it ends and how it goes, read the Word. It's right there. It's all right. right all there. Amen. Lord our God, Father, King Universe, asking Yeshua Hamashiach's name. The Father blesses and keeps you, and His face shines upon you, that He's gracious to you and gives you peace like no one or nothing else can. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shabbat. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch.